With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, alongside you here on June 4th, 2021. And we're talking about another Cardinals loss, a slide that has really turned into a concerning little patch of the season for St. Louis as they have now dropped five of their last six games, losing on Friday night at Bush Stadium to the Cincinnati Reds by a score of 6-4 to four, and potentially even more than the outcome of the game of concern is the health of Kwon Young Kim. We'll talk about his start that he left early on Friday night due to back tightness, which is now something you could consider a recurring issue for the Korean left-hander. As if you recall back to spring training, KK about mid-March was shut down from his throwing program due to back stiffness. And so that's the reason that he missed the beginning portion of the season has come back and hasn't really been at his best at any point this season because last year, if you recall, he was a guy who could really be reliable every fifth day, could go deep into games, could be efficient with his pitches, and he hasn't quite been on that same level this season, hasn't had an outing where he's gotten through six innings. It's been a a sore spot for the rotation given that they've had to lean so heavily on the bullpen at certain times, and then as the injuries have kind of piled up on the rotation in recent weeks, first Miles Michaelis and then the big one in Jack Flaherty, certainly more of a pressure point has been placed upon what the remaining guys in the rotation could do. We saw last night with Adam Wainwright getting through seven innings. Cardinals didn't win that game, of course, but that was something nice to see because of the strain that has been placed on the bullpen. And the bullpen generally, outside of the the, the top few guys that we've discussed having been reliable so far this season for the Cardinals outside of those guys you really haven't been feeling very good about the bullpen it's been a revolving cast a revolving door haven't been able to necessarily nail down who those reliable guys are in the second wave and the names continue to shuffle Andrew Miller comes back Tyler Webb DFA'd earlier this week Tonight was another example where the Cardinals had to lean heavily on the bullpen, but it was more because of the injury to KK than underperformance or or a bad outing by the starter. When Carlos Martinez a few days ago had his outing where he gave up 10 runs or whatever it was in the first inning, that was a game the bullpen had to be leaned upon pretty heavily. Well, tonight you had a similar situation. Again, not because KK was pitching poorly, although he had given up a couple of home runs before exiting in the start. Uh, Only two hits, but both of them go over the wall. That's not exactly the recipe that you're looking for for success for KK. He gets ready to pitch in the fourth inning, is throwing his warm-up tosses and motions to the dugout for the trainer. That was all she wrote for Kwon Young Kim, the latest Cardinals starter to potentially 
miss some time here with an injury as they're dropping like flies in the Cardinals rotation. Not exactly sure what it's going to look like for KK just yet. You figure they'll know a little bit more on Saturday after he's able to rest, recover, and see how he feels. But according to Mike Schilt, maybe not as serious of a situation as it was for KK when his back locked up on him back in March, causing him to miss the beginning of the season. But I'm going to go ahead and play the audio from Mike Schilt for you just so you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth what exactly the Cardinals, as of Friday evening at the end of the game, were aware of with KK and what they're dealing with here. So here's Cardinals manager Mike Schilt on the injury to Kwon Young Kim suffered on Friday night. It's a similar spot that he had in spring training with his back. Um, felt like he jarred it a little bit when he um, hit the bag in his last at bat and doesn't feel like it's as severe as the last time. Um, he feels like he's ahead of it relative to the last time that happened. I mean, last time he's locked up and just couldn't really move at all. Obviously he could, he could move and walk. So that part's um, satisfactory, um, but obviously precluded him from being able to continue. So that's kind of similar to what we often hear from Cardinals manager with regard to injuries on the day they take place. They don't have a whole lot of information yet. They're going to have to see how he looks in the coming days. Of course, with an off day Monday and then another off day Thursday because of the two games set with the Cleveland Indians Tuesday, Wednesday, that does allow the Cardinals maybe a little more wiggle room. He doesn't have to be ready every fifth day. It's more like every seventh or eighth day before he would necessarily see his spot in the rotation come back around again anyway so the Cardinals might have some room to get creative if if they need to do so and keep him within that 10-day window if they think it's going to be 10 days you might as well IL him but you're still going to be scrambling for first of all roster spots where you're going to you know come up with 40-man spots if you've got to be adding starters right now Bernardo Flores Jr. the only guy that conceivably could be called up on Saturday and he probably will Uh, I believe he was scheduled to start for Memphis tomorrow anyway, and the Cardinals are going to need some innings with Johan Oviedo having been announced as the starter for Saturday's game. Mike Schilt made that announcement after Friday's contest. But you just, with the strain again that's been placed on the bullpen, you had a lot of guys throw tonight, and interestingly enough, the Cardinals' bullpen actually did a pretty good job by and large, but then when you had the opportunity late, to come back and win the game, it would have been a heck of a lot easier had Junior Fernandez been one of those guys to have done the job tonight for the Cardinals' bullpen. Because KK only threw three innings, that meant you got six out of the others. Jake Woodford, an inning and two-thirds without allowing a hit. That's good. No runs. That's a positive. He walked two and hit two more. So not exactly the kind of efficiency you would like to see from a guy that potentially could be asked to shoulder more of a load coming up. Like, if KK needs the IL, who are the candidates for the rotation, it could be kind of cobbled together unless the Cardinals are able to strike up something outside the organization in relatively short order. But Woodford, one of the more stretched-out relievers that they have, so conceivably he could be kind of in that Oviedo role. And you know They've got Oviedo in it right now for tomorrow, but potentially another slot in the rotation where you just kind of have no other choice but to throw a guy out there for three or four innings and and see what the rest of the group is able to eat. Elledge gives up a run in an inning tonight. Andrew Miller, 
looked pretty solid tonight, actually. Goes 2.1 innings, two and a third. Gives up three hits, gives up a walk, but able to keep them off the scoreboard. So big innings out of Andrew Miller. Not really someone you picture as a long man in the bullpen, but he kind of served in that role tonight because, again, the Cardinals just don't have any other choice. You've got the guys that you've got out there, and they had to use guys to get through this game. What's frustrating, too, though, is this was a game where you weren't out of it. The offense, again, was, and this is, to me, it's so hard to pick. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the rotation and the mounting injuries that's going to be an obvious problem for the Cardinals moving forward? You want to talk about the bullpen where you haven't been able to to find the depth there that you want, the, the reliable quality depth? Or do you want to talk about the lineup that simply hasn't been able to produce runs at, at a rate that is you know sustainable toward victories over the last week or so? Last six games, they've scored a total of 18 runs. Four of them came tonight, and there hasn't been a game in those six where the Cardinals have scored more than four runs. They've scored four twice. Otherwise, it's been down in the two and three range where that's not going to win you many ball games, especially when you have the pitching issues that the Cardinals are dealing with right now. So it's just a really – it's a catch-22 situation for this team. It's It's been kind of a pick-your-poison scenario of which current – legitimate real issue are you wanting to focus on at the moment in time because there are plenty of them to choose from and tonight what's frustrating and I tried to get this phrased into a question to the Cardinals manager this evening because you can consider it from one of two ways like Cardinals fans obviously are seeing the glass half empty right now you lose five out of six you drop not only out of the lead in the NL Central as happened couple of days ago when the when the Chicago Cubs pardon me overtook you but now the Brewers have overtaken you as well you're in third in the division just a half game behind Milwaukee but the slide is on in full effect and so it's it's obviously kind of feeling like despite the fact that it's early June the sky is falling because the Cardinals aren't playing good baseball and there's underlying issues with this roster that lead you to believe they may not be able to turn it right around at the drop of the hat and start playing good baseball once again. You know, we haven't even gotten into the specifics of this lineup and, and the, the struggles they've had. Goldschmidt, Arenado have both been on kind of a downturn of late. Paul Goldschmidt, to end tonight's game, had probably the single worst at-bat I've ever seen from Paul Goldschmidt. And that he's not a guy that usually takes non-competitive at-bats, but with the game on the line and representing the potential winning run. He did exactly that with through two pitches that were in the strike zone or close enough pitches that, you know, if you're swinging that you'd like to make contact on one of them and then offered swung through a, a, a breaking ball that was so far in the dirt. And you probably saw it. If you were watching the end of the game, just can't happen in that situation when the Cardinals are desperate for somebody to step up and be able to get them over a hump to try to turn this, their, their fortunes around right now could have been Goldschmidt could have been Arenado a couple innings earlier in that in that game. Might have actually been just one inning earlier when he strikes out to end the eighth, I believe it was. And he was 0 for 4 tonight. Goldschmidt does have a base hit and a walk. But, you know, that just wasn't the kind of at-bat the Cardinals needed from him as a guy who's supposed to be an anchor in the lineup. And, I, I you know, Paul Goldschmidt's the last guy I want to try to pick on in this podcast because uh, he's been, a you know, the Cardinals – leader and one of their best players over the last couple of years. This year, the offensive numbers, we've talked about it on the podcast, haven't been where you expect them to be. You expect that they'll they'll get back into form at some point in time. Tonight would have been a nice night for him to 
to break out in a huge moment in the ninth inning. And, and you know, it's it's a big ask because even the guys that are going well are only going to bat 300 for batting average and get on base, you know, 350, 380, whatever, something like that. And so you're not going to expect it to happen every time. You can't just at the drop of a hat and make something happen. But the Cardinals, it just feels like, right, right now they need one of those plays to happen that can go their way and can maybe turn things around. And if you wanted anybody up at the plate to make it happen, I think Goldie would have been that guy, and and he just didn't look good in the at-bat. And that's a, a, a tough pill to swallow as the Cardinals drop another one to the Reds, who, you know, they're, they're now three games below five hundred and they're playing better baseball, but you're part of the reason for that, giving them a couple of wins as they begin this series in St. Louis at Bush Stadium, kind of pushing you guys around after two games. It's just not... It's not the way the Cardinals need to be faring against certainly the Reds, one of the, the lesser teams within the division you would expect, but with any team in this division. You know, the Cardinals are going to see plenty more of the Cubs. You'll see them next weekend in, in front of a full-capacity crowd at Wrigley Field. It's been announced the Cubs are opening everything back up as well. Cardinals will be right behind them with their uh, series against the Miami Marlins the following week at Bush Stadium with 100% capacity. But Cardinals are in a position right now where Got to stop the bleeding. Got to find somewhere to make it happen. And, you know, when when you can't rely upon your pitching the way that they had been able to do earlier in the season, you know, this team has always been inconsistent offensively. It's been true for several years now, honestly. And if you've got the pitching to withstand some of that, you can cover that up. But right now the pitching is up and down for understandable reasons. I mean, you want the bullpen to be better than it's been by and large, but... When you've got 60% of your starting rotation out due to injury, potentially with Kwon Young Kim going down here, and and dealing with I – mean, and that's not even counting Dakota Hudson. I mean, goodness, we we knew last year we wouldn't see him, but it kind of goes to show you, people talk about the depth of the Cardinals rotation and how the front office hasn't done enough. And like I said, Twitter is is in a tailspin right now. Social media, people are not happy, understandably so. And this is kind of the long way of, of getting back to the track of my point where I was saying you can view it one of two ways tonight. You can view it in the way that a lot of people are. Tailspin, everything is going wrong and the sky is falling. Or you can look at it probably, you know, the way Mike Schilt would tend to do because he is an optimistic guy by nature, as you'll hear me mention to him in the question when I play it here momentarily. You get your, your, your bullpen... Throws you six innings, only gives up three runs, able to keep you in the game. But you'd like to see, you know, it's still a 4.50 ERA. You'd like to see it be a little better than that, but it's hard to complain too much when you're asking your bullpen to throw six innings just a few days after you asked them to throw eight or seven or whatever it was against the Dodgers. I guess it was a road game, so probably seven and a third that the bullpen had to cover that night. And so you can... And you can look at it from a positive perspective again. They score in the ninth, three runs. They get the, the go-ahead, the winning run up to the plate in the form of, historically, a guy who's been their best hitter, Paul Goldschmidt. And you can take positives from that, sure, but it's hard to take very many positives from that. Realistically, in game six of a stretch like this one, where they've lost five of six, they haven't scored enough runs. Like, some days four is going to be enough to get it for you, but... It wasn't today because you get into that situation in the ninth. Junior Fernandez, who had been pretty good coming into this outing, just didn't have it tonight. And then makes a decision that really costs the Cardinals another run. You might 
you never know how it might have ended up if it was only a 5-4 to four deficit at that point where you get into the ninth and you've got runners on. It very well could have been. The, the ground ball back to Junior Fernandez, kind of a chopper. He doesn't even look to third base to see that the runner is, is going to be caught up. He's certainly not going to score if you just look him back and then make an out anywhere else. Instead, he gets aggressive and tries to start a double play on a, a chopper back to the mound that just wasn't hit hard enough for that to be the case. He gets the out at second, thank goodness. I mean, he could have sailed that into center field. That's a you know tough throw to make kind of on the spin and go, but he's trying to start the double play there, which, you know, it, there just wasn't room for it. And because he doesn't even look the runner back at third, you just give up a free run there. And so that ends up looming large, not only the hits and the walks that he gave up in the ninth, but it looms large that, you know, he, he definitely could have done a little bit more to try to keep that, that runner staying put over at third and just in the moment went a little bit too quick thought, you know, he could make an aggressive play, and it wasn't the right play. And so you give up another run because of it. It's just not going well for the Cardinals right now. You know, we could talk about some bright spots. Dylan Carlson looked good at the plate with, with a 3-for-5 night. You know, Tommy Edmond had a nice RBI base hit that was key in the game. Matt Carpenter has come along. I know people don't necessarily like to hear that, but I, I talked about it yesterday. His OPS over the last however many games, smaller sample. But it's been pretty good relative to where he was, especially. But he's in that 860 range. Uh, tonight might have gone down a little bit. I don't know what the impact is of a one for four. But he did get a double with that one hit. So he's at least contributing. It, I mean, his at-bats aren't looking a, as bad as some of the other guys that you expect to be much better, like Arenado, Goldsmith. Uh, he's hanging in there. So I don't know that Carpenter is going to end up being a, you know, a savior for this team. But... It's at least a little bit of a, of a brighter spot compared to where he was. If, if for no other reason than you just like to not see it be really uncomfortable that Matt Carpenter was doing as poorly as he was, and we were talking about, well, is he going to retire? Is it a DFA situation? What are they going to do? Uh, clearly you're not at that point right now with Carpenter because he is pitching in a little bit where he can, getting a start tonight at second base, which is going to be a whole other conversation. If uh, Paul DeYoung gets back, I think you might have an answer for what the middle infield might look like, and you could end up seeing a lot more of Tommy Edmond in the outfield, given we don't know exactly what Harrison Bader's timeline is going to look like. News from Friday afternoon before the game, Mike Schilt did announce that Paul DeYoung would begin a rehab assignment with Memphis, expected to play a couple of games there over the weekend, and then they'll reevaluate thereafter. So Cardinals' primary shortstop could be returning to the lineup sooner rather than later. So what happens to Edmundo Sosa at that point, who had his first career Major League home run tonight, another bright spot in this game? He got all of it to left field, knew at the moment it left the bat, and the Cardinals fans at Bush Stadium give him the curtain call. So that was pretty cool to see for a guy who's you know had his cups of coffee, has grinded, has, has worked for his opportunities, finally making the most of it a little bit this year. Hitting 288 after the home run in the one-for-four game tonight. OPS at 793. You would take that for the full season so fast it would make your head spin, especially with the quality defense that he pretty regularly plays. But I don't know if you can expect the offensive numbers to stay quite at that level. But if you look at the Cardinals' options right now, there's a hole in right field or there's a hole at second base. You can pick your spot. And when DeYoung comes back, I don't know. You know, We can argue to or blue in the face about which guy should be playing second versus short because Sosa may be the better defender at shortstop. 
and I don't know how either guy would necessarily look at second. I imagine just fine. But one of them, I think, on a regular basis should probably shift over to second base for so long as Sosa continues to contribute offensively and and look as competent as he has in recent weeks. I, I say you keep getting him out there, and you can mix it in a little bit where he can spell Arenado at third, which maybe tomorrow would be a day to let that happen because he just doesn't look right at the plate right now. But every you know once every two weeks, if he gets a start at third base, subs in for DeYoung, you know, once every week and a half, gets a couple of starts at second base. You, you can find four outings uh, a week for Edmundo Sosa if he continues to perform, and even more than that if, if you know, injuries and underperformance crop up in other places on the roster. You've got you've got options. So I think Edmundo Sosa is going to be here to stay. Definitely been a bright spot for the Cardinals so far this season. You'd like to get vintage Paul DeYoung back, though, by the way. He was leading the team in home runs when he departed. I believe he has seven on the season, but he was also hitting below 200, not making contact, striking out a lot. Just, you know, similar story throughout this Cardinals lineup, really. You look it up and down the lineup tonight. A couple of Ks each for Edmund, Carlson, O'Neal, and then Sosa, Carpenter, Arnato, Goldschmidt, also with a strikeout. The only guy who didn't K was Yadier Molina. So it's just been the story. It's been a story around baseball, obviously, but I think the Cardinals in particular – People talk about their plate approach. I think there's some fairness to this. Like the, the Jeff Albert experiment is running a little bit on thin ice, and I am not the guy historically. If you look back through my my podcast or the, the the content that I tweet about, I'm not the guy usually to say, "Hey, look at the hitting coach." But I think that inevitably that's gonna have to be where the Cardinals turn their attention at some point in time if they're not able to turn things around offensively, and, and the slide is to continue because. You're, you know, you had your reasons in the past seasons of, you know, we're, we're working to implement now the the new format and the, the new organizational approach to hitting throughout top to bottom, talking about from the minor leagues up, and Jeff Albert was charged with making that happen. And so the first year it says, okay, we just need to be a little patient. It's going to come around. Give it another year, it's not coming around. Then you have the COVID season, you understand that, you know, there's going to be some some issues related to that, understandably so. But now you're into 2021, you're in year four of this, and you've got to start seeing some positive changes to plate approach. And Mike Schild always talks about plate approach and how important that is to, to see the process going well, even if the results aren't coming. And sometimes, you know, the manager of a team, I don't care if it's Mike Schilt or if it's anybody, Mike Matheny was guilty of this when he was with the Cardinals, it's not going to be very often that you're going to see a manager say, you know, guys, guys look bad. You know, they're going to find the the silver linings and things and say that, you know, the plate approach looks good and I'm seeing the good process. Sometimes right now from the Cardinals, we can say it. If even if Mike Schultz cannot, we're not always seeing the best process. And so, you know, when you go like they did in game one of this series on Thursday, innings two through six, you don't get a single hit. You're, you're making those quick turns back to the dugout. Maybe you mix in a walk every once in a while. You've got to be able to to find ways to not disappear for half a game at a time. It just is not a conducive way to winning. I know there are going to be nights where you, you run into a good pitcher. But like last night, it was the guy's first career major league win that he got against you. So how many times can we credit the pitchers? How many times can we kind of step back and say, hey, the Cardinals, something's got to give at some point in time. And, you know, again, I'm not the guy historically to say, look at the hitting coach because I think it should be up to the players. 
to be able to get the job done. They're major league players. They've gotten this far. Coaching can only take you so far. They can't get into the batter's box for you. But at a certain point in time, if these pervasive issues continue to occur for you over and over again, I just don't see how that doesn't become an area the Cardinals look at at some point. I'm not talking about this week necessarily. I just mean as this season goes along, it certainly would seem to be an inflection point for Jeff Albert as the hitting coach of the Cardinals if they're not able to turn things around. By the way, I need to go back and correct myself. It's not year four for Albert. It will be just year three. And so you can understand where the tendency to to say, well, there have been explanations for why. If in 2019, his first full season, they're installing the program. In 2020, things get thrown off the rails, and then you get into 2021. It's the first, you know, at this point, everything should everybody should be comfortable with what they're doing. But, you know, how long can you allow it to continue on the path it's on without finding real tangible progress? Now, you could also argue that across the league, numbers are down offensively, batting averages are down, and so you might just say, well, it's just a sign of the times. It's not really related to, to Albert, and we do feel like he's having a, a positive impact, and, and he very well may be, but I, I just think results at the end of the day are going to have to matter for the Cardinals this season as you, you don't want to continue to go down a well that you don't necessarily think is, is going to result in any any uh, nourishment for this Cardinals offense. Ideally, they'll be able to turn it around, and this won't be a conversation we'll be having for very much longer, but it's got to come from within. It's got to come from the guys that are there. I, I don't know that, you know, we talk about Max Scherzer, and we are going to talk. I, I got a request tonight to talk more about pitching and, and what the market could look like. Kyle Gibson's been another name that's been – kind of thrown around. Max Scherzer is the obvious one. I think Jose Barrios would be a good option from the Twins because they look terrible and he's pretty good, but that's going to come at a high cost as well. So you have to consider, and I don't think the Cardinals are in a position right now where they can say, well, is this team really worth adding to? Because once you got Nolan Arenado, you committed yourself to being in on this 2021 campaign at all costs. And if it means sacrificing some of the future, that may just be what you have to do if you got to make some trades to bolster this current roster. But, I, you know, I just don't necessarily know that the Cardinals m- might go to the level of a Barrios because he is under contract, or team control, rather, I believe, for at least one more season after this one, whereas Max Scherzer, free agent, then you could maybe convince him to sign if you want to go that route, the hometown kid, whatever. I, that might make more sense. But Cardinals aren't one starter short right now, and they're not one outfielder short right now. They've got – and they're not one reliever short right now. You know, they've got – problems across the board that they're going to have to try to figure out. And that was all kind of baked into this question. I'm finally going to play this audio for you before we get out of here. Just related to, and then we'll kind of wrap it up, talk about his answer. Related to this game where you want to be positive, but you're you're seeing the Cardinals go through the stretch right now. Here's the exchange between myself and Mike Schilt after the Cardinals 6-4 to loss on Friday night. It's a similar spot that he had in spring training with his back. Um, felt like he jarred it a little bit when he um, hit the bag in his last at bat and doesn't feel like it's as severe as the last time. Um, he feels like he's ahead of it relative to the last time that happened. I mean, last time he's locked up and just couldn't really move at all. Obviously he could, he could move and walk. So that part's, um, satisfactory. Um, but obviously precluded him from being able to continue. And that was Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt talking about, 
the, the habits, you know, and the way I preface that question, he, he does see things from an optimistic point of view, but did acknowledge, like, the end result wasn't what we wanted to see, so, you know, you're disappointed from that perspective. But legitimately, and I mean, if you can, if you can step back from the anger just a little bit, which I understand can be maybe difficult at this point, because it, it does look pretty bleak right now, what you've seen from the Cardinals over the past week, but if you take a step back, their ability to get the potential winning run to the plate in that ninth inning after already, you know, Junior gives up two more runs in the ninth should have been over at that point. You know, would you like to see them mount that charge a little bit sooner? Absolutely. You know, if they score those runs a little earlier and can even make it a one-run game, wouldn't be necessarily surprised if they do go to one of their their top dogs like Gallegos, like Reyes at that point because that would show Mike Schultz, all right, I normally don't do this. I know we don't put these guys in when we're down, but we haven't been up in a while, and this might be an opportunity to to go for the comeback win and, and burn one of those arms in a situation where it might be worth it. That doesn't happen when it's 6-1. to one. And so the offense mounts that charge late. That's a positive. Those are the kinds of habits that you can, you can hang your hat on if you're the manager of a team that's struggling. Mike Schultz understandably does it right there. At the same time, and he mentioned what we talked about earlier in the podcast, that Junior's got to look to third base in the ninth inning. The, you know Some of the little things that are happening in other elements of the team end up conceivably costing you a better opportunity to come back and win that game. And so I think it's a mixed bag right now. Obviously, a lot of people are upset with the way things are going. I think there is some reason to believe this team could turn it around but the more attrition that you experience with the pitching staff and the injuries that are taking place in the lineup as well, the more difficult that's going to become. You don't want to lose too much ground. I know it's only June, early June at that, but you, you don't want to get yourself into a situation where you're having to scramble from a, a significant deficit within this division because this division does strike me as a winnable one. The Cubs are playing really good baseball right now, and that's just one of those things that you know they're going to go on their runs. And, and if you're the Cardinals, you hope that you're going to find your own coming up here throughout the course of the rest of the year but it, it does seem like there needs to be some urgency for this Cardinals team and it's hard to tell too what you know where that urgency can come from everybody can say the right thing on the zoom you know meetings and, and post-game interviews but don't get a real sense for what the clubhouse morale is like at this point in time because we're not in there but uh, good news is we will as as the media get to be back on the field for batting practice beginning next week with the Cardinals. Uh, it starts on Monday across Major League Baseball, but for the Cardinals it'll be Tuesday because they're off on Monday. But just kind of getting a better sense for where these guys' heads are at I think would be valuable. But for right now, they're just going to have to play their way out of it. We'll see how the Cardinals are able to uh, adapt and adjust. It's not going to get any easier because when you have Oviedo going Saturday, he's not exactly your probably your first choice uh, of a guy who – you know, probably would be right now better served to be pitching in Memphis, working on some things, hasn't had the most success at the major league level in his recent outings, but he's the best the Cardinals have right now, and, and it's an opportunity for him as well to to show he's better than he's been in his last few starts and, and appearances for St. Louis, and, and maybe that can turn turn the corner into something positive for his 2021 campaign as well. So a lot of guys that are just, you know, looking for making the most of their chances right now, and Cardinals definitely waiting for somebody to step up. So we'll see what it ends up looking like as the Cardinals look to get off this night on Saturday. They'll take on Tyler Malley for the Reds 
and it'll be Johan Oviedo for the Cardinals. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to B-Shape Daily, being along for the ride with me. I know the ride's been a little bit bumpy this week for the Cardinals, but uh, we'll continue to break it down, rain or shine, good or bad, win or lose, as St. Louis looks to find a way to still make their way into the postseason. I know that's got to be the goal, and then to make some, some noise and do some damage once you get there. So we'll see if the Cardinals are able to turn things around in short order to be able to keep those goals well on track as the summer evolves. Appreciate you guys once again. Make sure to subscribe to the B-Shape Daily Podcast if you've not done so already. You can find it at Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well. Thank you once again, and we'll talk to you next time.